0: Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast, supported by University College at Washington University, offering approachable world-class education with undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today we go behind the headlines. The much-publicized anti-bias training session for Starbucks employees has come and gone. Was it or will it be effective? We'll get a Starbucks employee's take on that a little later. But we'll begin with the big story of the week. The Governor Eric Greitens' era ends at 5 o'clock this evening, and a few minutes later, Mark Parson will be sworn in as Missouri's new chief executive. The story unfolded right here in St. Louis with invasion of privacy charges against the governor related to an adulterous affair, and it ended here when Greitens' lawyers reached a deal with St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. She agreed to drop a separate computer tampering charge in return for Greitens' resignation. St. Louis Public Radio reporter Rachel lippman has been on the story throughout, and she joins me now in studio. Gee, it seems like this story has been going on forever, Rachel.
1: January 10th, 2018. So whatever your definition of forever is, that was the date it started.
0: A lot of hard work, I know, for people in the newsroom uh, throughout this uh, four- or five-month period. Well, the invoices are starting to come in.
1: The invoices are starting to come in. We learned yesterday that uh, Prosecutor Kim Gardner, the circuit attorney in St. Louis, has paid at least sixty-four to sixty-five thousand dollars for this case. That included hiring private investigators, outside attorneys, paying for expert witnesses. But what we don't have quite yet are some of those final bills, such as the sanctions she faced for allegedly not—or not allegedly, but not turning over evidence that could have helped exonerate the governor. She was forced to repay for some depositions and also has to pay for the special master who looked at some of the digital data. That could push the final bill over six figures, so over $100,000.
0: You know, I'm a little surprised by that figure. I thought it might have been more, particularly given some of the money being thrown around by the governor on on attorneys.
1: Well, and that was actually something that the prosecutor brought up yesterday when she spoke at the Ways and Means Committee. Uh, There was a lot of skepticism, like you said, about that $65,000 figure. People thought that it was you know, being spent, more was being spent, especially since you're bringing in outside attorney from Harvard Law School. Uh, this outside investigator had like a $10,000 retainer and was billing at $250 an hour. And yes, as, as the prosecutor pointed out, as Kim Gardner pointed out, look, you know, the governor said he had more than a million dollars in legal bills. I think I'm being pretty efficient with a $65,000 bill that we know of so far.
0: Was her operation, the, the office operation, disrupted at all by this?
1: She says no. She says that she to- chose the executive staff that was her and two. Of her top lieutenants to handle this case, a because of the level of publicity, they didn't necessarily want to put a, a lower level attorney into the spotlight that this they were going to be under. And secondly, she said by having the executive staff—that was her, her chief trial assistant Robert Durker, and another top assistant Robert Steele—handle the case, it allowed the more line level attorneys to focus on sort of the day to day, you know, murder, robbery, assault cases that the office is is more commonly handling.
0: How about those consultants? Uh, How well were they paid?
1: Well, we know what the uh, the money for uh, the the contract said for um, uh, William Tisabee. He was the investigator. That was a, a $10,000 retainer, $250 an hour paid out of that retainer first. We don't know the exact number. I don't know the number yet for Ron Sullivan or for some of those witnesses, We ex- expert witnesses, they wanted to call. We do know that uh, former federal prosecutor Rich Callahan will get about $18,000 for his service mm-hmm. in terms of reviewing the data from the phones to determine and what was relevant to the case.
0: Do you hear any talk uh, amongst uh, your contacts downtown that uh, saying essentially that she should have exacted more of uh, of Greitens and his attorneys than she she got?
1: I actually hear more people saying how did this actually work? How is it that you can give up how is it fair that in exchange for dropping a criminal charge you get to to essentially just you know lose your job? And on the flip side of that that is if you thought this prosecution was political all along, the fact that the consequence was political and not criminal makes you believe that same thing, too, Um if, if you, you know, if somebody wanted the scalp of the governor, they got it. Mm. And that raises questions of, was this a political prosecution all along? Her statement and, and what is, you know, stipulated to in the document dismissing the case is that, you know, it is in the interest of justice that the charges be dropped or resolved expeditiously, and that the trial would um, be attended with considerable public expense and the outcome could not be predicted. So they're trying to make the case that we're saving money here. He gives up, a, you know, a position of power, but it does give the appearance that this is a political case.
0: Yes, uh, we had the legal roundtable the other day, and the lawyers were saying that uh, she she might have asked for some sort of a statement from the governor fessing up, if you will.
1: And there are a couple of redacted portions of this settlement Uh that we have tried to hold up to the light and see what are in there. So we don't know what else he has agreed to. If when he resigns officially within that letter, he has to make a statement. But the core that we have public is in exchange for submitting his letter of resignation, this charge will be dropped.
0: I wonder how uh, Kim Gardner is going to come out of all of this. You know, a lot of people have been critical of the way she's handled the case.
1: I don't know. The the, the, uh, um, dismissal specifically says that she cannot be sued civilly for any of the problems she had with the prosecution of the case, Mm. nor can Mr. Tisabee or anyone else on the case. It doesn't rule out uh, criminal charges for perjury, for example, or for um, encouraging her investigator to lie under oath, Mm. both of which are – accusations that defense attorneys from the governor made, and, and both of which the, Judge Rex Burleson acknowledged he had some concerns about. And that's what led to the second deposition of several of these witnesses. He believed that that was an appropriate sanction.
0: Well, as as they say, time will tell. Or uh, stay with, tuned. Uh, yes, this, this is radio, after all. Stay stay tuned. She was uh, she was uh, uh, before the Ways and Means Committee of the Board of Aldermen, and that's where these figures came out. Yes, we're talking uh, six figures, more than hundred thousand dollars in expenses.
1: Potentially, she, yes. What we know but, of right now is sixty five thousand.
0: But she's short of money as it is.
1: The whole city is short of money this oh, year, um, as as the the uh, cases. And what her argument is is kind of. A, Pots of money where different things are paid for for the budget. Uh, Last year, she got a one-time infusion of money from an increase in the use tax to pay for a diversion program, essentially keeping low-level nonviolent offenders out of jail, attempting to rehabilitate them more rather than having them go to prison and be more likely to come out and commit a crime. That money is in the budget as well this year, but it's coming from a different pot of money. Mm-hmm. This is coming from that public safety sales tax voters approved in November, Proposition P. Her argument is that diversion needs to be a permanent part of her general fund budget, kind of the you know big gigantic mm-hmm. pot of money that everything comes out of. And Proposition P should all go for raises for her office. Mm-hmm. She says some of her starting pro- level prosecutors make about $40,000 a year, which if you are coming out with law school debt, It's not much. But the budget office is saying look, if you want new programs, it has to come out of Proposition P money. This was a one time. Supplemental, because we had the money, you knew not to count on it for next year.
0: If you would clarify for our audience what the diversion program is all about. It
1: was a program designed to give low-level offenders the opportunity to avoid having it on their record. It offered them a chance for behavior uh, therapy, mental health care, kind of an enhanced probation and parole that was under the prosecutor's office. So while they have the cooperation of probation and parole, they also have sort of supervisory case management roles as well. It was originally funded with a federal grant. That grant is expiring, and this is why they're, they're trying to find money within the city pool of money.
0: Mm-hmm. You've been on this since day one, needless to say. Did you have any notion when all of this began that it would end the way that it's ending?
1: Not – I didn't think it was going to end the way it did now. I figured if there was going to be resignation, it was either going to be a lot sooner maybe after he was charged or after the story first broke, or it was going to come a while down the line, either if he was convicted of one of the felonies or if he was thrown out by an impeachment trial. I don't know that any of us thought it was going to come in sort of this this middle ground here and also the way that it did. The timing of it made a lot of people, including myself, speculate it had to do more with the Decision by a judge that they would have to turn over records from uh, uh, Governor Greitens' nonprofit and his campaign committee to see if those two were uh, conspiring illegally Mm -hmm. to uh, find foreign donors, to hide the names of donors. We thought that might have been the connection. And then the next day, uh, Gardner's like, oh, nope, actually, it was part of an agreement.
0: Yeah. Well, there may still be more to come. You mentioned the foreign donors, that's uh, still out there, and the FBI's nibbling around the edges.
1: Again, the FBI is never going to confirm or deny whether they are investigating. There is also the possibility of other state charges being filed in connection with some of the campaign finance stuff. The agreement dismisses this case only. It does not dismiss or block any further prosecution. And who knows what Jean Peters Baker is going to do. She's the special prosecutor. um, She's the Jackson County prosecutor who is serving as the special prosecutor on the invasion of privacy case. She may decide there's enough of a case to go forward with a second prosecution of the governor for that.
0: Dare we say stay tuned once again? We shall
1: say stay tuned once again.
0: (laughs) Most reporters I know always like to be a part of a big story, but I think most reporters I know in this building are happy that this part of it is over.
1: Is winding down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of people in in that newsroom that have – then there are a lot of big stories yeah. in uh, politically last couple of years. Uh, Jason Rosenbaum, a reporter of mine, was pointing out that the crop of lawmakers who are sort of terming out now from the different chambers have been through a lot of sort of political churn starting with um, – uh, a couple of of other uh, sexual-related scandals and ending now with a governor stepping down.
0: All right. Well, Rachel Littman, thank you so much for being with us, and congratulations to you and everybody else out there who's worked so hard and done such a great job over these months. Thank you for being with us. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.